Hi, Danny V here, host of Words and Nerds. This podcast is proudly partnered with Australia Reads, which is a not-for-profit initiative on a mission to get more people reading more books more often. The Australia Reads organisation believe reading is the key to a smarter, healthier, happier nation, as I do. For more information, head to australiareads.org.au. And now, it's over to your takeover hosts, Australia Reads Ambassadors, Felice Arena and Adrian Beck. Hello everyone, welcome to this Words and Nerds Takeover episode, part of a trilogy of episodes to celebrate Australia Reads. Your takeover hosts are much-loved, best-selling author and all-round nice guy, Felice Arena, and me, Adrian Beck. Hi Felice, who is our guest for this episode? Hello Adrian, and what a thrill to join you today for Words and Nerds podcast. Well, she is a friend of ours, a good friend of ours, a fellow author, but not just any author. She's an international best-selling author, the author of Alice Miranda series, Clementine Rose and Kenzie Max. And when I say best-selling, she is best-selling and the hardest working, hardest working author I know. Harder, uh, she works harder than us, Adrian. Absolutely. A lot harder. Um, and put your hands together for, or your ears together, if you're listening to this, to Jacqueline Harvey. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hello, Jacqueline. Hello, hello Felice. Hello, Adrian. That was a lovely introduction. And I, I would actually beg to differ. I don't think I work as hard as you guys. I don't <laughs> think so. I do. <laughs> I'm just happy that we're all putting our ears together somehow to welcome you, Jacqueline. Yeah, I know. That's like revolutionary. We, we, you know, my, my cousin used to be able to wag her ears, like wiggle her ears. That was pretty cool. So. I'm going to say that to everyone I meet now. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah. Put your ears together. Wiggle let's, your ears. Wiggle let's your wiggle ears. Your ears. Yes. Wiggle your ears. Okay, we'll use that for the next interview um, as well. I wiggle love your it. ears for Jacqueline Harvey. So, Australia Reads. Um, I think, and I've, we've just come off the, the week of book week, haven't we, Jackie and Adrian? We're busy talking to kids about how we have found books to be such a, a source of comfort for all of us, especially during these times, during lockdown. And um, for me, uh, well, for you, are you reading something at the moment? What's what, Where are you finding comfort and what books or reading are oh, you finding I, comfort? Look, I'm going to be really, really honest. I'm actually not, I'm not reading a lot at the moment, apart from the <laughs> newspaper, because I'm in the middle of writing. Um, I've, I've just finished writing the second book in a new series that I'm launching next year year and I'm moving straight into writing the next Kenzie and Max so I find it really hard to be reading when I'm working on my own stories because I don't want to be um, you know distracted into another place that I, I don't want to be um, so I'm yeah as I said I'm re reading a lot of newspapers um, which I do find inspiring actually I often mm -hmm. find ideas in newspapers anyway in, in newspaper stories and particularly uplifting ones um, and uh I have been reading the subtitles on a couple of series on television that I really enjoy. So, but uh, no, I am I am uh, planning to do a lot of reading as soon as I finish the next Kenzie and Max. I see. Yeah, well, but maybe we could put it this way: What was the last book that you loved, Jackie? The last book that I've read and loved. Uh, I have read "We Are Wolves" by Katrina Nanestead. Ah, I was uh, reading ah, that book, right, and it's yes. uh, that's a terrific story. Um, very very heart wrenching story. Ah, yes, absolutely. When you were a child, though, let's go way back. Oh, yes. Not that way back. But oh, no, it's way, way back. back. <laughs> it's way back. back. Jackie, when you were you, so we know you grew up in Sydney, right? You grew up in Camden. Yes. Uh, and was there anyone who, I, I mean, I'm really interested to hear this. Was there anyone who really influenced you, not in terms of other authors and writers, but who were the readers in your family or your circle? Uh, were they uh, my mum. My mum, she... 
So when I was really little, my mum took me to the library. Um, so we lived in Ingleburn first and then we lived in Camden. And I was a, um, I can remember getting my library card when I was about three. And my favourite outing of every week was going to the library, walking from home to the library with my uh, next sister, Sarah, in her stroller and going <laughs> to the library. And I just remember the smell of the books and I loved what the library smelt like. And talking to the librarians um, and, you know, going and choosing my books every week, that was really, uh, that was a really big deal for me. And the fact that when I was little, books were always given to me as special gifts so, you know, at Christmas time, you would always get some special books to read. And so books were books were really prized possessions, if you like. Um, and I also remember that um, I used to have to go to the dentist in, in the city with mum. And if I was a very good girl at the dentist, we would go to Dimmick's at George Street and she would buy me a book. So that was, uh, that was the incentive for being very good for the dentist. Can I ask what sort of books you wanted at that age? What, what, what age are you? Oh, when when age I was you? really Real, small. So I, I loved picture books. Mm -hmm. I remember I had this picture book. I can't remember what it's called, but I had a picture book about gardening, which I was really uh, very enamoured <laughs> of as a small child. Um, but I loved Richard's scary books. Uh, there was mm -hmm. always so much to find in those stories. Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, Dr. Zeus, all the rhyming in, in the Dr. Zeus. And then as I got older, um, another reward for me was uh, I can remember we would go shopping at Coles every Saturday and uh, every Saturday morning and Trixie Belden books used to be sold in Coles and oh. I loved Trixie oh. Belden. And so if I had been very good and I had finished my other book, then mum would buy me a Trixie Belden book. Um, well, I don't not not sure if we could. Well, I'm trying. I grew up in a small country town. I'm thinking, I'm not sure if we had access to books at supermarkets. That that would have been, well, that would have been a huge thing for me growing up. But yeah. you also loved. I also know you loved Heidi. I did. Up. Yeah, that was one of my favourite books. And what about Colin Teal? Because I know we yep. shared that. That was yeah. Colin Teal. I I loved his stories, and I particularly remember um, when I was in Year Five. My February teacher, Dragon. Yep, February Dragon. She read February Dragon to our class in the summertime and it was that, it was so evocative. It was so, you know, you could smell the eucalyptus. You could you could just about smell the burning in the air, the, um, you know, the smoke in the air. And so that stayed with me, you know, forever. Uh, I've, I love that story. And I loved a lot of other uh, Colin Tilly books like The Fire in the Stone and um, Storm Boy. Storm Boy, yeah. Yeah, so they were, they were really influential and influential because they were Australian. Whereas lots of yes. the other things that I was reading yes. were were English books. So, you know, um, the famous five and the secret seven or the Hardy you know, Boys. Heidi, um, uh, all of those stories came from other places. And the other book that I really loved as a kid, and actually you asked me what I've recent the most recent book I read, actually it was Seven Little Australians last week. Oh, so wow. I have been oh, reading. Wow. I actually have been reading, but Seven Little Australians. It was really funny. I read it. Um, we, we have a huge uh, collection of Penguin classics. And um, I, my, my goal is to read every single one of the Penguin classics that we've got, which is about 150 of them, I think. And so I thought I better make a start. And I got out Seven Little Australians. And it's so much sadder than I remember as a child. Mm, <laughs> so much sadder. <laughs> but still, that, that whole thing of the Australian bush and the, um, you know, it was really, um, I guess, so much more relatable to my own childhood. Exactly, exactly. And I've often said that to students I've spoken to. When I, um, Colin Teal, especially Storm Boy, it, I grew up in the country, in country Australia. It was the first time I've sort of encountered a book that 
that reflected our own backyards. Yes. Um, and as you said, reading about stories from in America, in America or in England, were great. But then finally, there was something. There, there weren't a lot around that was set in Australia. And I think Colin Tealy, you say Tealy. I, I was, say Tealy, I, grew up, I don't grew up know. Colin Teal. Colin Teal. Colin Teal. Teal yeah. um, you know, he, he was the one for me that sort of turned it around for my own reading as well. So, okay, so you've moved, you've, you've moved on there. Okay, so you, you've, it's established very early that reading was a part of your growing up yeah. in the early years, primary years. But then you got to, now, where did, uh, is it Sally Hogan? When did she make a difference to you? That's your school teacher, uh, fourth, right? And when, when I changed, I changed schools in fourth grade. And so I went into her class halfway through year four and she was really all about the creativity and the, um, you know, reading was really big it was a really big thing we used to she used to read to us every afternoon and it's interesting because as a teacher when I became a teacher my favorite thing to do with my own classes was to read aloud to them and so that whole thing of reading with you know with the, the voices and the characters and all the rest of it that really I guess started for me with Sally um, and it's lovely because I caught up with her last year and um, we, we had the, the longest morning tea you could possibly imagine <laughs> that sort of went through morning tea, lunchtime and into afternoon tea. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I was reminiscing with her all of that, that important influence on my life of her reading aloud and uh, bringing those stories to life off the page. And, uh, you know, that for me was incredibly influential. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it sort of yeah. brings us back yeah. to that tagline from the Australia Reads campaign, stories that matter. Why did these stories matter so much to you when you were growing up, Jacqueline? Oh, look, I think because I grew up in, you know, middle Australia in, uh, you know, the triple fronted brick veneer house. We didn't go on exotic holidays. We, you know, we were lucky to go to the beach once a year. Um, and when I read stories, they just took me to different places. They, they took me on adventures that I I suppose I never otherwise would have imagined possible. Mm. So they they not only took me to different places, you know, reading Heidi, I was suddenly in the Swiss Alps. You know, who can imagine the Swiss Alps when you live in Camden and there's, you know, barely a <laughs> yes, mountain exactly. around you, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, the, the idea of the famous five and is solving a mystery and, you know, five golf in a caravan. And it wasn't a caravan. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't a caravan as we imagined a caravan. It was, you know, it wasn't your, um, your normal caravan. It was more like a gypsy wagon. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, I think stories really mattered because they helped you to be somewhere else, but they helped you to imagine other people's lives. And I think the development of empathy as a child um, mm. in being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand somebody else's circumstance, I think that is incredibly powerful um, as a young reader and certainly something that you hope, you know, you take with you into adulthood. Absolutely, and yeah. you carried this. You carried this on in your teaching years, didn't you, Jackie? As in the the importance of reading aloud. Oh, I mean, that absolutely. importance. It, it, I remember a couple of my favourite teachers growing up, and and we all share that. Adrian included. We all share reading aloud on it in our presentations when we um, are booked to, to speak to students. Uh, when you got to when you were teaching, though, you there was a moment though you were writing. Was, is it something you were writing plays and stories for your own class? Yes, yeah, like, I did. I used to write lots of plays and things. and Like and Texas poems. Jack. Tell me about Texas oh, Jack. 
Texas Jack. Oh my Texas goodness. Jack. I want to know more about Texas, Texas Jack. Jack. This was a play that I wrote for my kindergarten class. And they, I, I, I very helpfully used all of their names as like characters. So I had Texas Jack was a little boy in my class whose name was Jack. Oh, I thought that um, might be you. I thought no, you were no, Texas Jack. No, no, Texas Jack, he was the baddie. <laughs> um, I had uh, Deputy Sheriff Sam and Deputy Sheriff, Deputy Sheriff Sam was a, Sam was a little boy in the class. And then we had another little boy called Huel and he had another role and, and Jessica Jane, she was, she was sort of like the femme fatale, you know, like the, the, the girls that worked, um, Oh, I can't, I can't even remember what they did. I think they were like showgirls in the in the old Wild West town. <laughs> we had some, it was, uh, I'm sure, you know, if I was to look at it these days, I'd probably say, oh, I might change some of those roles. <laughs> but uh, I do remember the children performed it at an assembly and they had all the outfits and um, and there was a, a jailbreak and there was, you know, fake dynamite and an explosion and all the rest of it. And it was such good fun. Um, sounds and, amazing. You know, there's kids in that class who I still talk to to this day, my stepdaughter actually included, who, uh, who can remember, you know, being... <laughs> I can't remember what Olivia's name was. I'll have to go and look it up, see if I can find it in a file. But she still talks about, remember when we did Texas Jack? <laughs> so... <laughs> it's, yeah, Texas Jack needs his own series, I think. But, yeah. but Jack, Jacqueline, see, this is these are the building blocks, right, that at the time you don't know, but they are building blocks to where you are today. And I think a lot of people just sort of think you just write a book on a weekend and it's published right. and that's it. But <laughs> this is a lifetime journey. I, I hate using that term, but it, it is really, isn't oh, it? it? It totally is because you know without all of those experiences of writing you know exactly, the plays exactly. and um you know i wrote a poem about a shark who liked to um i don't know what well, he's like to eat um what did he eat fish fingers and drink chardonnay <laughs> or something i don't know something ridiculous um and i remember writing it for my u3 class and um i had a, a little boy in my class um whose whose dad was actually a, a very famous comedian and I remember his dad saying, that's hilarious, you know, and I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm on a bit of a winner. I'm going to use uh, that. If yeah. Billy thinks that this is funny. Um, so, but all of those things, you know, writing those plays and um, I wrote a couple of uh, musicals and things like that, not doing mm. music, but, you know, doing the actual stories. They're the things that I guess... Um, you know, I mean, they might have been, in retrospect, I probably would cringe if I look back on a, a lot of it. But at the yeah. same time, we had a we had a ball. Mm. And, you know, now, um, I don't know, it just became such a huge part of my life. And, you know, um, it, it, yeah, it was so much fun. When you yeah. write these days, do you, do you hark back to those moments? And do you think, you know, th those kids in my class, would they like this scene or would they like that scene and all that sort of thing? Oh, or do you know what? I do think about that, Adrian. And in fact, any opportunity I get, uh, I was talking to a little girl yesterday who ha had won a writing competition that I had on my newsletter and she's eight and she is absolutely the target audience for the new series that I'm writing at the moment. And so I said to Zoe, would you like to hear the first chapter of my new book? And she oh, was wow. like, yes, please. And I said, good, because I need some feedback. Yes. And so, you know, I've got her and my niece, Phoebe, who's seven. So I get Phoebe on the, you know, on Zoom um, and say, you know, okay, Phoebe, we're reading four chapters. And she'd be like, okay. And I said, now don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me the truth. Mm. And if you don't like a bit, tell me that you don't like a bit, or if you don't understand it. So for here's a great example. The other day um, when I was, I was talking to Phoebe and there's a, there was a funny joke in it where 
it's it's a scene in a nursing home and one of the old fellas says to the little girl who's the main character Willa uh, Willa's best friend rather Tay who's dressed up as a he's actually dressed up as a vet but everybody mistakes him for a doctor in his white coat and uh, this fellow says can you check my warts and um and Phoebe said to me what's warts and I thought don't kids know what warts are and so I thought well that was great feedback so I've changed it to something else okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the kids do say the funniest things though on our, in our presentations now I want to bring this memory up for you Jackie I read somewhere and you know we've all had these experiences where we're in the middle of a presentation and we and the feedback it does help us in our own writing and I know it does for you and Adrian but uh, there was one story that made me uh, giggle it was something about you you were talking about genres or something and some some child put up something um, about romance and they didn't say romance they said what sort of books or stories about was do you know what I'm where I'm going with this one I do I think I do something about um oh they said something they they liked something and they said well kissing of course and is that the one you're talking about no sex of course oh yeah no no the kid said the kid said um (laughs) I like books that have sexing and I went I was sort of horrified I'm looking at the teacher and I was like I don't really want to go here and and I said oh okay and they and I said what do you mean and the kid says well, kissing, of course. And I went, oh, phew, thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a relief moment. But I know I have, you have kids say the most hilarious things. Like I, I would often tell a story about how, um, you know, I, I became an author and I took this giant leap out of a career that I loved and a, a really good job, you know, as a, I was a deputy head of a school. And, you know, I, I talked to the kids about following your dreams and your passions because what would what would the worst thing have been and the answer is you know in my mind is well it didn't work out so you went back to your old job and I had this little girl and she put up her hand one day and she was about seven and I said so what do you think that would be worse and she <laughs> said your house burning down <laughs> I said oh, absolutely so yeah she didn't quite get where I was going but she had another much more terrible thing so she was, she was right onto it and on her way anyway absolutely hey, Jacqueline you obviously spent many years in the classroom and uh, a very successful uh, many years in the classroom I, I had spent a lot of time in the classroom I couldn't get out <laughs> <laughs> but when you became uh, a children's author how much of that teaching background helped you with your presentations because when I've seen you live it's almost like it's a, it's a huge performance. You tell so many tales from all those, all the things yeah. that have inspired your stories and it's, and it's really entertaining. So I guess there's almost two sides to the, uh, the, the school presentations. Did you have a, did it take a while for you to uh, work out where you were going to sit when you were doing your, um, your presentations in schools? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the more you do it, the better you become at it, obviously, mm-hmm. and the more you trust your instinct as to, you know, what works and what doesn't work. But for me, I think... Coming from an education background and knowing, you know, having had authors visit my schools over the years, I know that I want my kids to be entertained and I want them to fall in love with stories, but I also want them to learn something. And so there's got to be some takeaways for the kids as far as, um, you know, where uh, inspiration or character development or something like that. So, and I, and I do say to them, you know, I tell stories because, for me, I, I don't just write a book, you know, sit in front of my computer and write a book. I will um, talk about the story before I start it. 
Um, I talk about it to my publisher and to my husband and my editor and anybody else who will listen, the taxi driver, um, whoever's, you know, whoever I can bend their ear because I find that by talking through stories, it actually helps me formulate the story and be able to work through issues with stories as well. And so I suppose the idea of storytelling is a huge part of my school presentation. Um, and, and by doing that, though, you know, I've been able to you know, my, I have an absolute gold mine of stories, you know, from school days. And in fact, you know, some of those kids who, whose stories I recount, I, you know, I sometimes change their names to protect the innocent. Um, but, you know, just, just recently I had, you know, there's a boy who I tell a story about a hair cutting incident. Actually, the hair that was cut was actually mine. And uh, it was a couple of cheeky boys in my class who did it. And, uh, it was funny because when I was recently up in Queensland or a couple of months or a month ago or so in Queensland and one of those boys who is now, I, I wouldn't even like to say how old he is, he actually emailed me quite randomly out of the blue and said, um, I'm coming to where you live. Can we catch up? And I was like, I cannot believe you wrote to me because I have just told a story about you in a school today. So... And don't bring any scissors with <laughs> don't, you. Exactly. Don't bring your scissors. Exactly. That's right. Christopher, leave those scissors at home. <laughs> so. Yeah. But it is true, Jackie. You, we, I think uh, presenting, you, you go to entertain, uh, inform and inspire, if you can inspire. But entertaining and informing, that's a, a huge yep. component of presenting as a children's author to schools. Uh, I, and I, I do, I, we... We talk, um, I remember you telling me first about Kenzie and Max, before it was Kenzie Max, about your time in London, you know, in the pub and where you got that idea. I know, and then Kenzie I tell Max. kids, I don't usually get my best ideas from going to the pub, but on this occasion I you did. did. In London, <laughs> yes, you did. Yep. You did. Yes. Um, as so I'm just, and even and, and even your story, like I look back at it now, like the Alice in Miranda, the latest one's in, she's in Egypt, right? Yeah, she's one? in Egypt. Yeah. Right, but you're, you're, you've had an Egyptian connection for years now. Yeah, but you? I've never been to Egypt. And that was the, that was the really tricky thing about writing this story, because even though I studied, I studied ancient Egypt in high school and uh, but, I was. But a, can I an, stop you there? Can I interrupt you there? Yeah, sure. Didn't you recreate an Egyptian dig? In yep. Yep. And when I, for my year four class, yes, I, I did. I dug. Uh, I had a, a backhoe <laughs> come and dig a hole in the playground. I spent an entire school holidays making artifacts out of das and um, breaking up clay pots and stuff with a mum of a little boy in my class who was an archaeologist and who had access to all the sieves and the trowels and all the rest of it. And so she came and we pegged it all out. Then I wrote a story about how we were going to get transported to Egypt. And so, yeah, so I was like, I was right into it. You know, I was hugely into it. And I wanted to go, I have wanted to go to Egypt my whole life. And any time an opportunity has presented, it's just been bad timing. You know, there's been some sort of, mm -hmm. you know, don't travel to Egypt um, warnings or, um, you know, it just, it hasn't been the right time to go. And so in writing Alice Miranda in Egypt, I just mined every, uh, you know, every documentary, um, I, I particularly was interested in modern Egyptian life. So I watched a whole lot of, I actually watched a couple of hilarious Egyptian comedians talking about modern Egyptian life. Um, I, I, and, and Google Earth and Google Street View is your best friend definitely, as an author. Definitely. So I took myself on walks through Cairo. I walked around the pyramids many times. Um, and, you know, my husband has been to Egypt. So he was, you know, he was a good font of wisdom as well. Mm. But this, this is, this is, another component of being uh, I think uh, 
a well-respected author, but just an author who understands their audience is being curious. And, and Jackie, you've always been being curious. And these, again, are the building blocks. You know, you don't just sit there. These are the experiences, the, the things that you want to learn about as well. Absolutely. I think that's the best thing about our job, isn't it? Oh, it, it is. And, and in fact, today I was just starting to put together a presentation about how much research informs what I write. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's right back to... Before I started writing Alice Miranda, I researched what books have stood the test of time and mm -hmm. why have they stood the test of time? And what is it about those characters that made them different but appealing and enduring? And so, you know, the research starts way, way, you know, back. Um, and then right down to things like, you know, depending on what location I'm in, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of the places that I've taken my characters to because it's the fairly natural fit to go to places that you've been to. Mm. But mm, mm. even when you've been there, you know, you don't remember you don't remember necessarily all the details. And I remember when I was writing Kenzie and Max, the one that's set in Rome, and I was taking myself on uh, street view walks all around the streets <laughs> of Rome and writing down details of things that I otherwise would have forgotten. Like the fact that in Rome, they have the best door knockers you've ever, ever come across. Yes. And, and you know, gorgeous front doors and just detail on buildings and that kind of thing. And so, you know, for me, it is that thing about being curious and trying to get the details right. And one of the most rewarding things is, you know, kids will write to me and say, Oh, and I loved Alice Miranda in Egypt, and I learned so much too. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I found that when I've taught, uh, researched my historical along uh, with you, Jackie, as well, it's the fine details that makes your book sound authentic. Yes, that authenticity. It's like looking, zooming in on those finer details yep. that adds to it. Like currently, um, I'm writing now. Well, for the new historical, uh, you know, coming up with names in 1942, which is my next one. Yes. Uh, compared to names today, and you see that the names, the number one name in, in female name in 1942, can you guess? Uh, it was probably Margaret or... Uh, Very, Margaret was number three, number two, well done. Mary was number one. Mary, Mary. yeah. So, yes. But you wouldn't I, think, you know, it's not going to be Sky. No, no, it's not going to be Sky, <laughs> no, or Apple. Or Alice Miranda. Yeah, or Alice Miranda, no. It might be Alice, no. but it wouldn't have been Alice Miranda. But so. again, these are the sort of fine details yeah. that rings makes it ring true for the reader or the young reader as well. Absolutely. Uh, and I, we love that about your books. I mean, you do so much research with your books as well. Uh, so Alice Miranda, the journey from here, where where to for Alice Miranda? Oh, okay, so we got to book, uh, book number 20, so which is Alice Miranda in Egypt. So Incredible. I'm actually taking a little... I'm taking a little hiatus from Alice Miranda for uh, at least for a year because I've okay. got other projects on the go. So I've got this new series called Willa and Wolf, which is coming out next year in the middle of the year. Um, I've got more Kenzie and Max books and I've got uh, picture books on the go as well. So I've got heaps of projects <laughs> and I just kind of feel like I need... I, I want a bit of space to explore other things because I've, yeah. you know, I've got a, a standalone novel that I've started tinkering with as well. Um, there's more picture books. You know, I was sitting sitting here in my office the other day watching this insane flock of sheep running around the paddock and I thought, oh, there's a good picture book in there. So, you know, I just... 
But you, um, where, where are you right now? Because for some of our listeners, they don't know where you are right now. No, well, I'm actually, I'm in Queenstown in New Zealand at the moment. So um, I was meant to be back in Sydney, but obviously, yeah, mm. that's not happening. <laughs> and I, I've got to say, I'm quite grateful to be in um, New Zealand lockdown as opposed to Sydney lockdown at the moment. So, mm. um, but yeah, we we feel everyone's pain in Australia. We've We've had lockdown here as well for the mm. last month, um, but we're, we're starting to come out of it a bit more here. So, mm. yeah, that's so good. we're not feeling quite the same amount of pain that you guys are, that's no. for sure. Right back when it started, when Alice Miranda started, like we got to, we've got to book 20 and yep. we might even go on further books. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we're going we're going further. It's not stopping. It's okay. I've talked to Holly about that. It's not stopping. So. <laughs> Excellent. It is definitely going on, people. Definitely we can confirm going on. that. <laughs> but when, when you first came up with the idea, did you ever in a million years imagine that it would be so successful and you'd have 20 editions and a movie and all the, all this all this success with Alice Miranda? Did you know when you came up with that, that little girl character, did you think to yourself, I'm really onto something here? Or it wasn't uh, quite like that? Look, I thought she was. I thought she was probably the best thing I'd ever come up with. I did. Yeah. I did have the faith that it was the best thing I'd ever done. Yeah. Um, I originally was going to write a thirty-two page picture book, though. That was the that was the original plan. Um, <laughs> and then I kind of thought, oh, she's got a bit more to say. So I I pitched it, I think, as a four book series to um, to what was then Random House. Um, but I never would have imagined that we'd get to 20 and, you know, we've got Alice Miranda Friends Forever, the movie. We've got Alice Miranda, A Royal Christmas Ball coming out in, I think it's coming in December. Um, so, you know, I, I know I never would have thought. And I guess she just sort of picked up and gained momentum. And mm. and I suppose she was one of those characters that kids, if kids loved her, they really loved her. And yeah. they, you know, they like now a lot of the fans um, I get emails from fans who are 16, 17, you know, kids who I had, had an email last year from a girl who said, I should be studying for my HSC, but I'm actually rereading my entire collection of Alice Miranda's because <laughs> it's my comfort read. It's my go-to when I need some, you know, I need to feel safe and happy and secure. Um, and I think, you know, for me, that's the most extraordinary privilege to think that you've had that kind of impact in a young person's life. Um, you know, I, I just think, to have come up with an idea and and be able to now, you know, still be meeting kids who who love the stories and you know it's just it's extraordinary for me and it is an absolute privilege. Yeah, um, there's one thing one thing I've I've gone to your site recently, Jackie, um, talking about Alice Miranda and of course we love her name and and we know the story behind the names of Alice Miranda. But you have something really fun on your site and I had to try it just before this interview. <laughs> What's uh, your name, Felice? The name generator. <laughs> so if there's a name generator, so listeners, if you go to JackieJacquelineHarvey.com.au, there's a fun section there where you can put in to find out what your Alice Miranda like name could be, and so you put in your first name and I've put in my English ver version of Felice, which is Felix, because that sounds very sort of Felix posh, Arena, posh doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So mine is Felix, Felix Wardoff Abington Arena Forbes. Oh, very oh, fancy. So many hyphenated <laughs> names. Adrian, I'm going to put in yours <laughs> right now. I'm going to text. Yes, I'm going to put in yours, Adrian Beck. Here we go. Oh, Adrian, generate name. Your name. It's coming up. A oh, Adrian Neville Babington Beck Skids. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian Neville, Neville Skids. I think, you know what, Adrian, you might cop a bit of flack in the playground over that name, I've got to say. I know, I haven't been called Skids for many years, Jacqueline. <laughs> what about what about one more? One more, Danny V of uh, the, the oh, yes, Words, Words, and and, Words and Nerds podcast. Hey, Danny. <laughs> Hello to Danny. Danny V, let's put in Danny. 
V, okay, and see what we got here. Generate name, and we have, okay, it is Danny Carissa Color Von Clarksworth V Yates. Wow. wow. <laughs> I see I'm the only one that gets the skids, though. That's <laughs> skids. Sorry, mate. Skids. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Do you know what? There is a mechanism. If you don't like it, you can just hit it again, and it will generate a new one for you. Yeah, so. I did. I did about. I think Felipe is just coming up with names for me. To be honest, I'm not sure he's actually typing anything yeah, in at all. I just, oh, he could have. He could have been Mina yeah. though. Yeah. No. True, Jacqueline. True. Um, I'd love to. Before we let you go, I'd love to find out just a little bit more about some of those new projects you hinted at. But you said just before that you knew you onto a great idea when you came up with Alice Miranda. Do you get that same feeling whenever you come up with a new idea or can you just never really tell? Or how, how does, when they pop uh, into your brain, do you think how does it, how this do you is know? something? Yeah, do you know what it is? It's the idea that won't leave you alone. It's the, it's the one that scratches at the back of your mind constantly and the one that you kind of wake up thinking about or, you know, when you go to have a shower and you think, oh, I wish I had my whiteboard. I wish I had a whiteboard in my shower and I could, you know, drop yeah. some ideas for this particular story. <laughs> so I think, <clears throat> yeah, I... You kind of get a feeling and you hope that the feeling is going to be right. You don't know for yeah. sure. Um, but, you know, Clement, Clementine Rose, I loved, I adored writing her stories. And, you know, she she was a, a really, been, her books have been very successful too. And Kenzie and Max have, you know, they're going gangbusters. So mm. I, I do tend to, I guess, rely a bit on that gut feeling as well, you know, if it's going to work or not. And sometimes I have an idea and I think, oh, no, I don't think that's, it's not the right time for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the one I'm working on at the moment, and and it's also if I am completely in love with the characters, and yeah. so the new series that I'm working on at the moment, I am completely besotted with these characters. I absolutely adore them. Um, so there's a little girl called Willa, and she lives at uh, number eight Cricklewood Crescent Hibiscus Gardens, and uh, her best same age friend is a little boy called Tay Jin Miller who lives across the road, and uh, Tay's mum is Sue Min. His dad is. Um, actually his dad's Mark. Uh, Mark used to be an actor on a, a soap called, Ooh. I think I'm going to call it Surfside High actually. And uh, <laughs> now he teaches drama at the local high school. Wow. Um, wherever did you get his character from? I, I wonder, know. yeah. I, I wonder don't where... know. He's very handsome. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's very handsome. Um, Willa's dad is a plumber. He owns a company called Perfect Pipes Plumbing. Uh, her mum is this, uh, the, the office lady at school and, as everybody knows, it's the office ladies who really run the school. So, um, you know, Willa's mum's in the know pretty much about everything, but she's she's very circumspect about that. But I love, um, Willa has a dog called Wolf, who is an albino Irish wolfhound who is huge and he, she, he gets called Wolf because his real name is Wilfred Connell Tate. And when she was little, she couldn't say Wilfred or Wolf. It used to come out as Wolf. And mm. so that's why he's called Wolf. Um, and the old bloke that lives next door, whose name is Frank, who um, she introduces Frank in the first story and she says, Frank is very old and very grumpy. Some days I go and visit him and he tells me to go home, but I don't because my grandma says that I'm very good company and my dad says my grandma knows everything. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's got that very, I don't know, it's very irreverent Australian. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Willa is definitely the closest thing to me as a kid that I've ever written. So. When's this coming out? Sorry, Jackie. I didn't July. Know. So oh, the July first book is in July, July next year. 2022. Yep, July 2022. And uh, there'll be uh, there'll be another one not long after that. And uh, this, I'm, I'm signed up to do four at the moment, but we'll see what happens. But uh, right. I, I just adore, more, like the characters more, are more hilarious. More joy for your readers. More joy. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a, there's a, a couple, sorry, Peleche, and they're called um, Omar and Hoda Habib, um, who live next door to Tay. And the Habibs are Lebanese. And when they go to visit, uh, they go to um, visit the Habibs in the second book. And I just love Omar. He, he says, Hoda, it's, it's Willa and Tay. Get the good biscuits. <laughs> he's just yeah. so it's just very it's very suburban it's very australian it's very multicultural so right it's well, my going, life as a kid we're going to have to definitely look out for willa willa and wolf 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 w double o f wolf willa and wolf, wolf. Oh, wolf. like wolf, my wolf. mistake yeah. <laughs> get it right, Mr. Skids. Like the dog. <laughs> Mr. Skids, get Sorry. it right. <laughs> it's not yeah. Willer and Skids, is it? No, it's not. Oh, gosh, no. No, no that would be a no, terrible name sound, for a dog. It doesn't sound terrible. Terrible name. That's true. Sorry about that. That conjures up the wrong image entirely. Oh, especially for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's one of my new projects. And, uh, and I have another exciting one as well that's coming out in March, so... Well, I, so if people want to find out a little more, they can they can sign up with your with your newsletter because I know they can. your newsletter is quite popular, and I look forward to the newsletter as well. So if they go to jacquelineharvey.com.au, is that correct? Yes. Jacqueline? Yep. Yeah, uh, for the newsletter and to find out all the news. Thank you for bringing so much joy. You're an inspiration to us as well. And you are hardworking and you're incredibly generous. I know a lot of people, uh, you, they, you do so much, not for the Australian Kids Lit um, um, circuit, you really do. You do not just write your own stories, but you give back to so many of us as well. We could keep talking forever, actually. We, we could, I know. We we're could. terrible, aren't we? <laughs> I know. Anybody who knows me and knows I could just talk forever. So, you know. <laughs> your grandmother said that about you. Did. My and grandmother was, she was very thrilled that I actually, um, when I became a writer, that I was going to earn money from talking to people because she thought that's what should have always happened. But didn't she once <laughs> say you could talk, what was the phrase she used? Oh, uh, talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles ah, was probably a, one of them. That's uh, Yeah, my, my mum says I started, <laughs> I, I think I uttered my first sentence. I was one of those kids who spoke, who talked at a ridiculously young age. Like I think my mum said I uttered a, a full sentence at about four months of age. And um, <laughs> mum said that I've never stopped since. So she's pretty much right awesome. about that. Really yeah. Well, thank you for talking uh, underwater with a mouthful of marbles for us <laughs> uh, for this wonderful Words and Nerds takeover for Oz Reads. And we hope everyone's listening. We'll take the opportunity to, to read something uh, at this time of year and just remember mm. to dive into a book. It may even be one of those fabulous Jacqueline Harvey books as well. Um, but uh, thank you for joining us and chatting oh. with us on the Words and Nerds you, Takeover episode. Thank Rosary, you so much. Jacqueline for... Harvey Skids. Great to oh. have you. With us. See you later. <laughs> thank you for having See me, ya. guys. It's been okay. wonderful. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, Jacqueline. Thanks for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. As Adrian and Felice said, these episodes are in partnership with Australia Reads because reading is the key to a smarter, healthier, happier nation. Hopefully, you'll make some time to read today. And don't forget to check out all the other Words and Nerds episodes that highlight the incredible work of many talented book creators because literature really has the power to change the world. Thank you, Felice and Adrian.